Good morning, fathers, especially on this Father's Day to all of you, but especially to our fathers. And uh, so glad to have you joining us. And uh, maybe some dads who are far away have been able to join us for this. And uh, we just want to welcome you to this Father's Day uh, time in this message. Um, we have been going through the uh, life of Abraham, talking about faith and what it is to walk or to live by faith. God calls us to relate to him by a faith walk, by believing in him, by following him, by doing what he wants. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it says this, without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he uh, rewards those who earnestly seek him. So our life as Christians is wrapped up and bound up in believing in God obeying God, trusting God, living the way he wants us to, and uh, living in obedience to his commands, and uh, believing that his power will help us live the way he wants us to live. There is an element to our faith in which um, we, we can't see ahead. We don't understand. We've, it requires trust without seeing in, in uh, these cases. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 5, chapter 7, we read this. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. That means we walk trusting what God says, even when it doesn't square with what we see happening around us, even when it may be uh, going counter to us, uh, even when our friends and people say you should do this, but God is saying go the other way. You, you have nothing but but faith to go on. He wants us to do that. And both faith and hope are time dated, as we found out before. When we go to heaven, we won't need faith and we won't need hope because those will be realized. But in this time, God calls us to relate to him in faith, that is by trusting him. And just a little illustration for those of you who remember the Indiana Jones, Jones movies, um, the fictional stories of, uh, and the one I'm thinking about is The Last Crusade. And uh, in this story, Indiana Jones' father is traveling with him in these exotic places, and they're looking for the Holy Grail. And his dad is uh, ill and is going to die if they don't find the Holy Grail. And uh, his father gives him a book, and in that book he gives him instructions where to find the Holy Grail. And unless he gets that and gets it in time, his dad is going to die. And so he comes to this cavern, this bottomless pit. And, and to get the Holy Grail, he's got to get to the other side of this great chasm in this pit. And there's nothing there. And he reads in the book and it says, when you go by the lion's head, then you need to take the leap of faith. And he's standing there looking into nothingness down and where he needs to get, he can't get. And so he, he looks at this again and again, and, and he stands back and he says, this is the only way I can do it. And it, there was nothing by sight. He couldn't see anything. He kind of closes his eyes, leans back, and then steps forward into nothingness. And his foot lands on something solid. And then it opens up a way to the Holy Grail. Well, this is kind of like what faith without sight is. 
We believe God, even though we can't see the, the particulars around us. And God wants us to trust him and, and to follow him. And, and in spite of what people may say or how we feel, um, he activates our faith in this way. And we walk by faith and not by sight. But you're going to find in life that sometimes our faith is going to get tested. Now, life is full of tests. Uh, we start in school and we have tests and then they get harder and harder as we go on. And we get exams and pop quizzes. And, and if we're going to university, we have to do our SATs and, and these proficiency tests. And uh, boy, all the way till you're 80, you're taking driver's licenses all again. And they're important. If I'm going in for heart surgery, I want to be assured that the surgeon has uh, been, been properly uh, schooled and educated and he, he has passed his exams and he knows what he's talking about. Um, uh, Patricia, if I'm walking on the edge of the CN Tower with a cable holding me, I want to know that whoever engineered that, that it's solid and it's strong. Um, uh, if, if you're on some roller coaster that's going at breakneck speed and jerking around, you want to know that whoever engineered that, it was done in such a way that it was going to stand up and stand the test of time. When we're tested, we know where we stand. We know what is positive about us and what we're doing well in, what we're competent in, but it can also show the deficiencies in us. And God tests us at times to see where we're at, uh, how strong we are, how much we trust him, how much we love him. And, and, and so we begin with this. God tests the faithfulness of believers by asking them to surrender the best thing they have. Did you hear what I said? God tests the faithfulness of believers by asking them to surrender the best thing they have. In Genesis chapter 22, we have the story of, of Abraham, and uh, uh, Abraham had the child of promise. After 25 years of waiting on God, God granted them this beautiful child. And, uh, and, and so what happens is uh, that child begins to grow, and you have to know that uh, that the mom and the dad are just, it's the delight and joy of their life, their pride and joy. And nothing is more important to them. Nothing is more rewarding than that. And, and here they are with this child, watching him grow up. And at the time of this story in Genesis 22, uh, Isaac is uh, 15 to 20 years old. He's, a, he's probably a late teenager by this time. And uh, God comes and says this, uh, to Abraham. God says, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountains. I will tell you about. Wow. You talk about shock and awe. Uh, nothing could have hit them harder, particularly for Abraham who receives this. They've watched this teenager grow. They've loved him. They have this wonderful relationship with him. And now can it be that God is testing them in such an unexpected way? God wants to test Abraham's faith. He wants to test his commitment to, what, to following and believing in the Lord. Is there anything more important to him than God? That's the big question. 
you, we gave you this son. You've had this son now. But, but the question is, do you love that son more than you love me? Are you committed to that son more than you are committed to me? Now, I want to tell you that this test comes at a time when Abraham began his journey with God 45 to 50 years earlier. The first time God encounters uh, Abraham, he invites him to go and, and to the place that he'll tell him. And, and by faith, Abraham goes. That was almost 50 years earlier. And that encounter through that time, he has had ups and downs. He's learned more about God and what it means to trust God and all the rest of that. But to ask for something as unfathomable as this, the sacrifice of his own son, the child of pro promise, uh, the gift that they had waited 25 years for. Now they're asking, uh, God is asking him to sacrifice that son on Mount Moriah. This makes absolutely no sense because, well, well think of it. Uh, the Ten Commandments uh, are, uh, highlight this, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder. How could he do this to his own son? This is the son of promise. This is the son that God promised he would bless all the nations of the earth through him. This is the son that they've waited for that has been affirmed time and time again, that this is the son through whom the blessings would come. Now, this wouldn't be totally foreign to uh, Abraham. He lived in a pagan land in Canaan, and uh, he understood that uh, the religion of the Canaanites had some things in it that were not good, not at all good. Um, and, and when they would try and cur curry favor with their God, when they needed protection from their God, when they needed fertility, uh, when they needed uh, prosperity and blessing, at times they would sacrifice a child to their God. And uh, that's unthinkable for us. It, it just seems so absolutely wrong. And yet here is God asking Abraham to do this thing, this, this child that fulfilled the promise this child through whom God guaranteed uh, nations would come. And uh, is this all going to go for naught if, if uh, Abraham would be so bold as to do what God has said? What God did was he put his finger on the very thing that was most precious to Abraham. Um, all through the years, he had these small tests checking out his faithfulness, showing him what it meant to trust in God and when he didn't trust in God. And God wanted him to show a level of commitment. In the first of the Ten Commandments, God, God said that you shall have no other gods before me, that there would be no other God there that would, uh, would, you'd have allegiance to, that you'd have loyalty to, but that your exclusive allegiance would be to the Lord God above anything and everything else. When Jesus is questioned in Matthew 22 about what is the greatest commandment, he goes right back to Deuteronomy 6 and he says, the greatest commandment is this, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And so here, God, we see that what God wants from us is he wants total love, total de de uh, commitment, total devotion, total allegiance, love, and nothing more. Well, how do you know if you love God that way? How can you tell? I mean, talk is cheap. You can say anything you want. 
And, and God is going to really put him uh, to, to the test here. He's really going to turn the screws down on him. He said, I want you to take your son. If I have to define this further, let me say your only son. Uh, didn't he have other sons? Yes, but this is really his only son. And, and on top of that, in case you don't get it, um, it's Isaac. And I want you to take this most precious thing, this, this most precious uh, uh, child, and I want you to go and, and offer him as a burnt offering for me. Um, what is your Isaac? What is it in your life that is so precious to you that it could even uh, cause you to love that thing or that person more than you'd love God? Would it be your kids, your spouse, maybe your job, uh, money and things, uh, busy, your business, your leisure, your girlfriend, your boyfriend? There are all kinds of things will compete with us for our allegiance and a love and commitment to God. And what is it that could unseat you, unseat God as the most cherished thing that you have in your life, that you love most? Whatever you cherish most becomes an idol to you and takes the place of God. And if you had a chance to choose, would it be God or would it be your child? Would it be God or would it be uh, your wealth? Um, all of these questions come. And Abraham is going to show his colors in this because we find out that faithful believers are willing to surrender their best to trusting God to provide for them. Faithful believers are willing to trust and surrender their best, trusting God to provide for them. Abraham's response is absolutely stunning. It is immediate. It's early the next morning. I got to wonder that if he had a pretty much a sleepless night, he certainly isn't going to tell his wife, Sarah, about this, this child that she had when she was 90 years old. And so he is uh, making preparation first thing in the morning. He's cutting the wood. He's getting everything they need. He gets the donkey. He gets it all saddled up and ready to go for this three-day journey. And he is resolute. He's got time. He's got a couple of servants with him, and they make a three-day journey to Mount Moriah. This is a test of faith. This is more than that. It's an act of worship. He, it's his posture in worship. He says, we're going to go and, and we're going to worship. Uh, this is what Abraham is doing in offering this sacrifice to God. He's asserting God's authority and obedience to God's authority. And we look at the faith that Abraham exerts and, and exercises um, to the servants. He says, wait here and we'll come back. We're going to worship but you stay here and we'll come back. And somehow there's something in Abraham that believes that God is going to make this right. He doesn't know what, he doesn't know how, but he's going to obey and he's going to trust even though he has no answers. Isaac himself says, Father, where's the lamb? We've got, we've got the wood, we've got everything else. Where's the lamb? And, and Abraham is able to say, my son, the Lord will provide a lamb. I don't know how, but he's going to. In Hebrews 11, speaking back on this, 
He said that Abraham was, was convinced that if he had to, God could even raise him from the dead. He, he had such a commitment to him. And as illogical as this is, as wrong as it seems, Abraham's faith is squarely placed in God. Where is your faith? Where is your commitment? Where is your trust in God that would allow you to whatever God wanted you to do if you understood that it came from God, that you would do that? Is your trust in God or are you going to go with whatever is more important to you? Now, let me say something, and here's a warning. This is something that is very unusual, and, and it's against what God would normally ask for. This was a test. Um, and, and so I don't want some of you going off half-cocked, thinking that God has told you to do something crazy. And uh, it, it needs to square with the Word of God. It needs to be in, in keeping with God and, and his, uh, what His desire is and His design for us. It's got to be consistent with His will. But there is a moment of truth now as He binds His Son, who lays Him on the, wo on the, the wood and lifts His hand to slay His Son. This was, this was no... Uh, charade he was going through. This is the real thing. And we learn from this that God provides for faithful believers. God provides for faithful believers. God stopped him in midair, stopped him from plunging that knife into his son's chest. This was proof that he didn't, uh, he didn't uh, withhold his son, his only son. And, and God, uh, they, they look around and they say, here is a ram with its horns caught in a thicket. And, and Abraham didn't know how, but he said, God will provide a lamb. And here is the lamb that he provided for them. Here is the lamb that, that he made uh, uh, as a way out for them. Abraham didn't know how this was going to happen. He just believed it was. He, he trusted God that much. Through history, God has tested many of his people. There were three young Hebrew lads that were carried off into exile to Babylon. And there, uh, the king placed this huge uh, uh, statue there and, and forced everyone to bow down to the statue. But these three Hebrew boys would not do that. They wouldn't defile themselves by worshiping a false god. And uh, they were told that the punishment would be to ca be cast in a, a fiery furnace and that they would be burned to death. And they said, look, we don't care what you say. We believe our God will save us. But here's the caveat. Even if he doesn't know this, we're going to trust him. And, and so the music happened, the people bowed down, and here are these defiant three young men who decided that they would rather be thrown into the furnace than to uh, violate their belief and their faith in God by worshiping another God. And God did something in this test for them. Uh, he preserved them in that, uh, in that uh, furnace. Not only that, there was another one with them. The Son of Man was with them in that. They chose to honor God with confidence that he would take care of them. They needed to trust him, believe that up to them.
But I need to warn you, being faithful to God can result in sometimes deprivation and loss and pain and even death. Honoring God, being honest when, when others at work are not honest and not getting ahead at work, it can cost you. Um, refresh, uh, re refusing to get into a relationship that we know that God wouldn't sanction. And, and it may mean that we don't get married, but we're committed to, to living faithfully before God. Uh, sometimes sharing the gospel in, a, in a, a hostile environment can cost you your very life. But that can be a test also. Will we be faithful in that? Hanging in faithfully when we're mistreated at work uh, can require grace and strength. You see, to follow God and to trust Him doesn't mean that it's always necessarily a bed of roses. There can be challenges and difficulties and struggles, and it's not necessarily e easy. But I want to encourage you and, and, and give you some consolation that comes to us from the Word of God from 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. It says that, that those who are subject to painful trials and difficulties need to understand that God is faithful and he will supernaturally limit the kind of trial or test that you go through so that it will be something that you can endure with his help. He'll make a way of escape. And so you need to understand. And, and sometimes people say to me, Pastor, I just, I can't take it anymore. What I'm going through, I'm at the end of my rope. I can't do it. And, and I, I want to say to them gently from this verse, God will give you the grace to get through. Just trust him and keep on going. Well, I want to tell you that God assures faithful believers of blessing. He assures them of blessing. God reaffirms his blessing after this episode. Uh, he speaks to Abraham and tells him and reaffirms all the promises that he had made, that everything that he said would be true. There would be blessing. Abraham would continue to be blessed. And importantly, all of humanity would be blessed through him because through him would come Jesus Christ, our Savior. And so we are blessed in that. God reaffirms his blessing for his children. And Abraham will do as he has promised. He can be trusted. I want you to know that God can be trusted. We're here today because God is trustworthy. We're here because he kept his promise. We're here because uh, Jesus Christ has come. And uh, he has uh, done this for us. Well, God's love was also tested because it was on another mount that, that God would offer and sacrifice his own son, Jesus Christ. It's incredible. Uh, Jesus came uh, to earth to fulfill his father's will and desire. He came as a human being um, and he was tested in every way that we are, yet he never once sinned. He was tempted by Satan, and yet he never succumbed and never sinned. He went through the agony of, of uh, preparing to go to the cross, and he's praying, Lord, if there's any way for this not to happen, if, if you could remove this cup from me, I, I, I don't want to go through this. Nevertheless, he says, I'm trusting you, not my will, 
but your be done. And, and so we find Jesus Christ then sacrificing his life, offering his life um, on the cross. Uh, Abraham went to Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah is one of the hills on which Jerusalem is. Jesus would come uh, some uh, three, uh, 2,000 years later, and he would, uh, he would go to that same place. He would go to Jerusalem, and he would die and give his life there. He trusted his heavenly father the way through that. And he paid a very, very costly price to redeem us, to bring us to himself. Uh, that, that was death, a torturous death on a cross. And Jesus proved his love for us by making a way to forgive us, by taking our sin and our punishment on himself so that we might go free, so that we, we would have our, our sins paid for, so that we would be released from sin. And, and uh, through his life and his death and his resurrection, uh, he made a way for us to become his children. And he proved his love. I want to ask you a question. Have you opened your heart? Have you put your trust and your faith and your commitment to Jesus Christ in what he's done for you, that, that he died on a cross to save you from your sin. And he stands reaching with his arms out to you, inviting you to come to him, inviting you to find relief and release, forgiveness, everlasting life, and a place in God's family. But you need to put your faith and your trust in him uh, just like Indiana Jones was, he, he couldn't see it all, but he trusted and he moved forward. And I want to tell you that God wants you to trust his son and what he's done will be satisfied. Uh, it will satisfy the righteous judgment of God on your behalf. And, and in this journey that God has, we said there may be t uh, different tests as we go. And, uh, and those tests help to reveal for us the level of our commitment, our love uh, for God and for Jesus Christ. You see, he wants to strengthen us. He wants to grow us in our faith. And that only happens when we're tested and we see really where we're at. And we learn to trust God in smaller things. And then after a 45-year journey, uh, there was this huge uh, testing that Abraham went through. And, and he wants to strengthen us. He wants to grow us in our faith. In James 1, in verse 3, it says, The testing of your faith uh, develops perseverance. And when perseverance has done its work, you'll be mature and complete. See, God has a program for you. And involved in that program is, is putting your faith and trust in Him and growing through challenges and through testing. So don't fight it. God has given you uh, something that he is given to strengthen you, not to hurt you, not to knock you down. And a few verses later in James 1.12, it says, uh, in not fighting against what God is doing, but, but blessed is the person who perseveres under testing, because when he has stood the test, they will, uh, they will receive the crown of life that God promised to those who love him. He's trying to make you and me to be more like him, to strengthen us, to, to help us become all that he wants us to be. And so I want to say to you, hang in there in this walk of faith. Hang in there in this challenge. 
Trust God with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him or submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Would you do that? As we learn from Abraham, a walking by faith, living and journeying by faith, trusting God every step of the way. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you so much for the example of Abraham. We thank you that even though he was not perfect and we see his flaws, we look into our own lives and see our flaws. And Father, I pray that you would help us to be faithful in walking with you, in journeying with you, trusting you. And even when you ask us to do things that are difficult or things we don't understand or things that may cost us, that we put our trust in you, realizing that you will care for us. Lord, we realize that some of us uh, may not come out of this uh, life that way, but we will forever be with you as well. And so we thank you for the hope of eternal life for all of us. I pray that you'd give us strength to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.